Welcome to The Art of Growth. This is Jim Zartman, and today Joel Hubbard and I will be finishing our series on being a student of your story with the type ones who called in to leave their story for us to learn from. Before we jump into that, the hub of all of our work is theartofgrowth.org, and you can go there to sign up for individual coaching or group coaching, including the burnout group coaching that starts April 13th, where you can navigate regaining your energy so you can let your unique light shine. Theartofgrowth.org, that's also a great place to find out your Enneagram type if you don't know it yet, or your instinctual stack, which is hugely helpful in this regard to regaining your energy to let your light shine as well. But for now, let's jump in with our type ones who called in and left stories about if they could go back to any one moment in their own history, what moment would they go back to and why? And throughout the series, some people talked about a moment they would go back to to change something. And some people went back to a moment they wanted to enjoy or experience again. But we can learn from all of these. Our mind has ditched so many memories and experiences we've had in our life, but it holds on to the ones that are significant to us. And all of those stories are our teachers. So let's listen to those who called in and then we will reflect on some learnings from them. All right, type ones, take it away. Hi, Joel and Jim. This is Carrie from Group Coaching with You, Jim. Thanks for the question. Type one, self-prez. I was trying to think of one specific moment in my life, not so much a moment as a feeling that I would go back to again and again. That feeling has happened in many locations and in many moments, and it usually has to do for me with being somewhere that is exceptionally beautiful in creation. I thought about it when I ride my bike, that that sensation of the wind, the sun in the redwoods. I thought about when I was snorkeling in Indonesia under the water I thought about walking the shoreline at Lake Tahoe, looking at the snow-capped mountains that are beauty. There have been some sunsets and sunrises at my folks' house in Oklahoma, and of course, all throughout the world, but here in Santa Cruz as well, that are so beautiful. The colors are so unreal. The sensation is so peaceful. And in those moments, as a one, there's just not a thing I would change or do differently that I could improve on or make better. It's so perfect. And that is a place where I find just ultimate peace. And I can rest and my shoulders drop and there's no work for me to do. So that is not so much a moment as it is an experience that I would return to. And I have been fortunate to have many of those moments so you could probably pick me up and drop me into those times and I would go back over and over again because in those spaces, I am just ah, calm and relaxed. There's no tension or desire to make anything different. So there you go. Hey, thanks for all that you two do and the whole team. I am definitely more transformed by the work that you're doing and the way that you come at it. So thanks a bunch. Bye. Oh, it's so good to hear from you, Carrie. You know, she's such a sweetheart. I I just adore her. She's awesome. So uh, it's awesome to hear you call in and share this. And um, my first thing to work through is my uh, feelings of, of jealousy 
<laughs> I want to ride my bike through the oh redwoods and go snorkeling sounds in Indonesia amazing. and yeah. walk around to Lake Tahoe. Oh, it all just sounds so gorgeous. And she did share about some of those experiences in a group, and I I just love that. It just sounds like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's heaven. There's some really key words mm-hmm. carry dropped yes. that are key to the type one. So we've talked about the harmonic and um, actually with the case of the type one, you already as a resource point go to the four and to the seven. And in the four, there's beauty, access to the emotional center. In the seven, there's joy, access to sort of an expansive mind. Mm. And Carrie, you described that the the harmony of those three inside you really beautifully by by talking about how in those places, you feel you feel the beauty. It's an experience of beauty, of joy, of peace. You're mentioning the sort mm-hmm. of you know serenity again of the the virtue of the one. The sense of responsibility sort of drops off. I don't yeah. have to do anything. There's also you mentioned perfection, and I love it because for the one, there's this sort of kind of perfection that can either be very narrow mm. or it can be more beautiful and, and, and more expansive. Yes. And I think what you're describing sounds much more of that the second. Yeah, I thought this was such a great expression of a one in health when they're in that place where they're integrating yes, the resource points because one was is beauty, which mm. is like I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah, no, right. yeah, that's right, right, right. So it's yeah. beyond improvability, right? Because yeah. it just it is nature, it is natural, it is, this is what it is. And I am standing back in all of it. I'm not going to be like, mm, I think I would move that redwood over three feet. <laughs> uh, or it could be, you know, slightly wider or, you know, something like that. Like it, none of that exists mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. space. So that mechanism of seeing something wrong and feeling a sense of responsibility about it isn't really at play in this space because how she said that so perfectly, she said, there's no work for me to do. No work for me to do. There's a quieting of that sense of responsibility when I'm in these places of beauty. Yeah, yeah. And putting my body in motion in these places, because in every single example she gave, her body was in motion Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a body type. Mm -hmm. She was biking, she was hiking, and Mm -hmm. she was swimming. And... It was moving the body in a place of beauty. Mm. And that gave the sense of peace. And then bringing that peace into other parts of your life and being like, okay, I can apply this, Mm. this feeling, this sense of wonder of all of of beauty into my day-to-day life is just incredible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a a sort of harmony that occurs for the type one when they're in nature. It's like I'm a part of a rhythm, a flow, a dynamic that is beyond me. It's not me. I didn't cause this creation, this beauty. I didn't, you know, I'm part of it. And I think as you're describing being in motion in the proper balance and rhythm of that, uh, type ones really feel and intuit that pro- probably better than a lot of other types. Mm. You know, it seems like body types in general have this connection to to nature that has those components of pro- this is like a proper order that extends beyond me. It's like yeah. something that has beauty in it, that has flow in it, that has a a balance to it, that has a 
rhythm that is a a, a rhythm of nature. Like it's not well, the it rhythm right of, sizes everything. Right sizes. That's a great way. So yeah, of saying it. Yeah. The the internal mechanism is always saying you need to do this. You yeah. need to do that. And it's yeah. the the size of that feels so big. And so when you put your body in a space that has a real grandness to it and it makes you feel small in a really good way, mm. then it right-sizes you, your actions, your contributions in the sake of this larger, like, cosmic sense. Mm. I remember being, like, 19, like, moving away from home for the first time and getting really stressed out. And so at night, when I'd get really stressed out, I'd go out and I'd look up at the stars and just the size of it the scope of it made me feel so small. There was a great sense of like peace and comfort in mm. that experience of seeing something grandiose that right-sized that issue. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I love that. There's a, it also puts the pace in the right, at the right tempo. Mm. Because there's, a, there's like a, a certain like tempo at which you can move. And there's a hurriedness and there's an impatience and there's a need to yeah. get things done right now and to, you know, fix things, to adjust things, to to improve myself. And, and things have to be done now. I have to change things now. Right. And, and I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. All stories. of those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in nature, it's just like, nope. There's a pace at which these trees grow. There's a pace at which this water moves. Yeah. And sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow. And I'm not in charge of that. And it has its own flow and its own dynamic. And can I be part of that? And the thing is that, of course you can. And that's what Carrie's describing is like, Mm. In that place, is a, there's a kind of entering back into the way the, the, that nature uh, moves. Yeah. And the ability and the draw to take the time to put yourself in that environment that right-sizes your life for you mm. is a really healthy practice for a one. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I, because I talk to ones and all body types about this quite a bit, which is this whole thing as far as can you move your body in beauty because it's going to reset. And I, I think it does for all types because there's yeah, something about sure. like the integration of your body center, even if you're somewhat divorced from it, that you do, you feel that sense of connection. You feel the body within you that is able to uh, right-size your work yourself in the world around you. And there's a capacity to work from rest mm -hmm. instead of for it. Mm -hmm. in that space of and, and doing those kinds of things and putting yourself in that kind of environment. Yeah. And there's both the getting away as a regular practice and then there's the how do I bring that getaway into the present moments of my day. And, you know, when I'm not able to go off and into mm -hmm. the mountains or, yeah. you know, go for a swim or whatever, is in the midst of this situation right now, can I tune in to the movement again of nature can i tune into the beauty that is present can i tune into a perfection that exists already here that's beyond just the narrow perspective of perfection that can kick in when i'm stressed and under so much pressure mm. yeah thank you so much carrie my name is cheryl i'm an enneagram type one i would go back to when my children were babies and study the enneagram so that I could extend myself the grace that a one so desperately needs. And I would realize early that the critic in my head is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I would stop allowing it to be so loud in my head, 
pointing out all the things I've done wrong as a parent, as a wife, and as a person on a daily basis. I so love that, uh, Cheryl. That line is worth so much to me, that the voice of the inner critic is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that that is Can you is con- so contextualize that for people who may not be familiar yeah, with that yeah, kind yeah. of language? Yeah, so this is uh, absolutely. So for those of you who were not raised in that world that, uh, that I, I was raised in, you probably have heard from Christians the sort of, you know, Trinity idea, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of us who were raised believing that the Spirit would speak and guide us, the Holy Spirit would, as maybe part of the Trinity, the one that would do a lot of the sort of speaking inwardly to us. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm not opposed at all to that idea. I think that that's, that's beautiful. And so, but oftentimes what would happen is people who uh, do not understand their types confuse sometimes the the sort of critic part of us. Because all of us mm. have a critic. Yeah. Type 1, it just, it's more, it's perhaps more pronounced than the type 1. Overt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I love the language that um, uh, Beatrice Chestnut uses about how the type or the 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 type sort of epitomizes what's in all of us. And I think that's that's perfectly said, and I think that's that's exactly what it's like. So for us, who all of us have an inner critic, all of us have you know times been accusing ourselves of things, yeah. judging ourselves of things, and we might interpret that as the voice of of the divine, the voice of God. And I'm so glad to hear this because that is oftentimes the what keeps us stuck in certain patterns of behavior that are not producing good results in our lives. And so we might get stuck in that saying that, well, you know, and hiding even, I mean, it becomes a a way of bypassing our own journey is to attribute these inner negative voices to something uh, external, like, you know, how much more weight do they hold over you? Oh, a ton more. You believe that this thing that I'm hearing it's not just me. It's not just my type speaking right, to me. Right, right. But now I've attached an external, uh, superior, ultimate voice on yeah. top of it. Yeah. And, you know, we did that. We've joked about, like, you know, you can hear any sermon and you know exactly that, that pastor's <laughs> type. type yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally can do that. But, yeah, it's that whole thing of just being like, okay, you need to actually distinguish yeah. that this is you. Yeah. You know, uh, and especially when it's, if it's harsh, if it's that kind of thing, it's like, hmm. But it's interesting to me that she tied it specifically to the to her kids, extending herself grace as far as mm, how she was yeah, with her kids when yeah. she was young. Yeah. Well, and how how hard a type one can be on themselves, raising kids to make sure that you're doing it the right way, and you you can be much harder on yourself than you are on your family members, yeah. and so needing to show yourself grace is you know something that a lot of type ones recognize that they need to do and it's difficult for them to do that but then what comes across sometimes is because you're so they're so critical on themselves yeah. they can come across a little bit more rigid a bit more edgy and judgmental even if they don't mean to be with their own kids and so it's like you need to follow the rules you need to do this mm. you need to make sure you're doing it this way and so that rigidity comes through and I'm wondering if that's what, what she's referring to mm. and that's and that's understandable. And for all of us, we all wish we could um, take some of those moments back in the way we've maybe done things or said things to certain people. Um, there's a grace that I love do-overs because you can extend grace 
and it sometimes has even more impact when you come back. And so if there's an opportunity ever to come back, and I've said this before on podcasts, if there's ever an opportunity to come back to then say, hey, look, I recognize some things about myself and I want to hear perhaps how it impacted you. You mean like come back around to, to the kids? To the kids. Yeah. You know, if in this situation, in other situations, it might be to a friend or, yeah, yeah, coming back and having that conversation. Like, I wonder how you experienced me as I'm recognizing my type one in mm. me. You know, just a simple question like that. Because otherwise, you might come across saying, I'm so sorry that I was so this way and so that way. And your kid might be like, uh, I didn't experience you that way. Right. You know what I mean? So right. in some, and that's that's always a surprise to some to sometimes to parents. Other kids will say, "Yeah, I picked up on some of that, but I understood this and I understood that about you." Mm. And and so it right sizes mm. the perspective that we might have of ourselves, mm. right? And so yeah, that ability to go back, maybe that opportunity if it exists to go back and to have that yeah. conversation. Cheryl, I love that you're able to see that within yourself now, so that you can talk to yourself differently now, yeah. and you're. This Even this story shows me that you are thinking about this Absolutely. in your daily life now. Yeah. Yeah. So you're probably not being so critical to yourself now yeah. as far as what it, what it was then. But hopefully you can show yourself grace now for the person you were then. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. Who was yeah. doing the best they could. Yeah. You know, and man, raising small children is not for the faint of heart. Like, no one's figured it out. You, you're just a person who has your own life experiences. You have your parents who did, you know, what they could, and you're trying to figure it out now. Yeah. And uh, I, like, when we were talking about that, I kind of laughed. I thought of the, the comedian Taylor Tomlinson, who she's talking about her parents, like, and kind of like we have to kind of give our parents a pass. And uh, she's like, they weren't people who had it all figured out. They're just people who suck like the rest of us. <laughs> you know, she's <laughs> yeah. like, I should just introduce our parents. Like, this is Ron and Nancy. They do what they can. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's it. They just, they do what they can. Yeah. We did what we could. Yeah. We gave it our best shot, you know. And then having that grace for yourself now about your former story. Because that's so much of the journey is like, if you're going to show yourself grace now, show yourself grace for where you were at that time because that was not the easiest season. No, because alternatively, what are you doing? Is you're, sh is you're shaming yourself for not having enough grace. <laughs> oh, man, how many times have we seen that with ones? You yeah. Know, like shaming, yeah. I'm shaming myself for not having enough grace for myself. Yeah, so at what point do you ever have grace? Yeah. You know, like, I should have more grace. I didn't have more grace for myself the other moment that, you know, just... It, it, 10 minutes ago I did something I didn't have grace enough for. oh I should have done it and so you're yeah. what you're doing is you're still in the space of the critic still in the space of the negative of the yeah. so in order to exit that you literally have to exit that like no I'm not shaming myself yeah. I'm actually going to show myself grace for not having had grace 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah yeah, And for more on this, yeah. uh, see episode on the Type 8 where we talk more about that and the reason for grace piece. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. So Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's a really beautiful thing that so many people just need to remember that the voice that they talk to themselves is the voice of the type and you need to recognize it as the voice of the type and not assign some uh, ultimate authority on the voice of your type, which is trying to tell you what's wrong with you, right? So come back around to going, like, this is who I am, and 
I am a work in process mm. and it's beautiful and it's grace. My name is Kimberly and I am an Enneagram type one. If I could go back to one moment in my life, I would go back to the moment when I told an advisor in college that I was not going on a summer internship in New York City. I had the opportunity to work with an organization in New York City that served the least of these, served the homeless and those in need in their community. And my mom had said she didn't think that I should go. And I felt like she was so connected with God that she must have the right answer for me, that that must be right. I didn't trust myself to know what was right, but I longed for that experience to go and be about that type of work. But I didn't trust myself. And so I said, no, I wasn't going to participate in that summer internship. From there, I went home that summer and I had been dating someone and went ahead and got engaged, didn't go back to school, got married. Just it, it was a pivotal point in my journey where I didn't pursue where my heart was leading me. And I think it just shut something off at that point in my life. And I kind of defaulted to people who were older than me, or my husband was, my then it became my husband was five and a half years older than me. Like other people must know what's right. And if I could go back, I would say, no, I'm going to follow what my gut is telling me and what my heart is telling me. And I would go for it. Thank you, Kimberly. There is, there's so many things in there that I want to respond to. The biggest one is I believed other people knew what was right because they were, you know, either more mature or connected to God or whatever language we put around that. And that I had this sort of regret around not listening to my own gut. And I didn't pursue where my heart was leading me. And she said, I shut, I shut something off. Mm-hmm. I I would have so many questions. I can't believe if I was coaching right now, I have so many questions like, what do you think was shut off? And do you feel like you don't have access to it now? Mm. Or is even remembering this an invitation to welcome something back of you that has been exiled, as Joel would put it, mm. uh, or something that has been pushed out? That is that is such an interesting thing. You You kind of having this sense that this would have been a formational experience for you. Mm. So often we hear ones like, I have this clear sense of what is right. But for you going, I thought these people knew what was right. And I listened to them over my own gut sense, my own heart. You, you use both of those words, but my own heart and my own gut, that got silenced and I went along and that you still carry that. Mm. Yeah, there's... A number of type, there are a number of type ones who do take in that sense of what other people think is right. For sure. As well as what they think is right. Yeah. And if there are more assertive types that seem more sure of themselves, that can that can definitely sway it for, for a type one. At that point, that's when the one leaves the gut center and goes into the head center. 
but not in an integrated way, mm. but in a way of sort of like, I'm leaving this and going to that. And when they do that, then they're in a place of overthinking and second guessing and doubt comes in, indecision can, can can kick in. And the feeling that the right thing to do is not to listen to myself. The right thing to do is actually to listen to this other person. Right. It's still in the right wrong context. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, the the part that gets shot off oftentimes for ones is their own connection to their heart as well. So that would be the resource points of the four and the seven, because the four is the part that has like desire. Yeah. You know, there's a heart that was connected to that. I we, I mean, I felt your heart when you described like I really wanted to work with the least of these. Like, that's that's your heart center. Yeah. There's compassion there, there's empathy, there's care. And that is right. Mm-hmm. And your body knows that. And then the seven in you is the more hopeful, optimistic. Like we can do something wonderful here. We can make things better. And so those things got got shut down inside you. And of course, there's, you know, there's, there's, as you just said, Jim, there's things that are being invited back, right? Because it never completely goes away. Hope will return. Hope does return. And it wants to return. And our job is to participate with it. Like, in what is happening now, because it's not all lost, Yeah, that opportunity has passed, but there are new opportunities right now because you still care about justice. Mm -hmm. You still care about the least of these. You still care about these, about people that are struggling. And so that's, that's there, even if it has been shadowed by, I have kind of had to, I've had to put it into the shadow side, right? Because I had to listen to these other people apparently knew more. And so it's there. It's still there. But I can hear this thing that I've heard from other ones too, which is uh, there being this desire for this experience that would have been really freeing, uh, adventurous, mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And that um, I missed out on an experience to like really tap into the excitement and the adventure because I'm at this conflict between like that desire for freedom and adventure and exploration and yeah. being on like the front edge of something and but I need to do the right thing which in this context I felt like was listening to those people and like we said before part of having grace is grace for the person who felt like at the time the right thing to do was to listen to those people yeah yeah and giving yourself a ton of grace for that but then also remember something is being invited back within you, something that would fulfill what that could have accomplished will come back around. I think all of these things just always are coming back around because they want to be fulfilled in us. And if they have to keep cycling back around to us over and over again until we find a way to step into them, mm-hmm. they will. They're mm-hmm. they're like holy hauntings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I am convinced that there's no loss. If you if you can move into the present and what's in front of you now, there's no loss. Whatever yeah. happened in the past, yeah, that happened in the past. But today, today is the is is the new day. Today is the opportunity for moving forward and for reengaging. And you know what? You'll engage at that level. It'll be even more deeply connected to your heart than before mm. because you had to deny it in the past. You know, you had to 
You can look back and wish that you made a different decision, but the decision you made was the best one you had mm. at the time. And maybe have a conversation with that younger self and maybe have a conversation around that. Like, yeah, you were doing your best. I get it. Yeah, I can hear that. You were doing your best. to. Do- you didn't have a clarity around what I should do. You can look back and go, I see what I didn't listen to. Absolutely, we learned that. But it wasn't so strong enough yet at that point that it could counter the voices of the others. And so you have that conversation and then you, okay, uh, let's let's see what's, what's in front of me now. And uh, what is an opportunity that's in front of me in this moment to do something for the least of these? Mm. And it may not come to you right away, maybe weeks before that something shows up, but almost always when people start looking, putting the attention to that which is still what they want to do, as opposed to the lost opportunities of the past, mm. then these things start manifesting in your life. Opportunities start showing up all of a sudden. You're like, where did this come from? Why this yeah. opportunity? Well, it's because your attention's there. And so now you're seeing what's always been there, but you couldn't see before. But it's worth the exploration, Kimberly, to go down and asking, like, what exactly do you think was shut off? If there was a valve... Yeah that you think was shut off, what do you think was shut off? Yeah. And is there a way to open that valve again? Because if it was, re- it's, if it's not dead, if it really was, you wouldn't have this desire to like feel that thing again, to like, right. To believe that something was shut off because it's that it's, so it's obviously not dead. Right. It obviously wants to have a new life within you. Yeah. Otherwise this wouldn't ha- like bother you or haunt you in this right. way. Right. You've got something in you that it's still, you know, it's it's a weird analogy, but this is the one that came to mind. It's that voice calling in the wilderness <laughs> to, yeah. uh, you know, make way for this thing that is that is there, that is in you, that it's still saying, I'll never leave until I'm expressed. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have that. I think we mm-hmm. have these things mm-hmm. in us that just constantly say i will not leave until i'm it's expressed yeah and also remember how you probably at that moment that you had the opportunity to go to the to new york city that there wasn't a whole lot of thinking about doing it and doing it right there was just this hopeful movement of yes i want to and i'm going to go there so i would encourage you to think about how you could, you you might start to try to get this like, okay, there's an opportunity for me to, to enter back into uh, doing something around justice. Don't lean into the right wrong at this moment to say, well, I want to do it right. I want to get it right this time. No, no, there's no getting it right. <laughs> there's only getting it. There's only movement. There's only let's do this and let's and draw from the seven. Let's see. Let's draw from the four. Yeah, let's go. Let's see. Let's explore. This could be exciting. And I'm going to make mistakes. Oh, you will. You will. Guaranteed. And you know what? They're not mistakes. They're learning opportunities every single time. And I'm not putting euphemism on this. It's your choice to either see things through the world, the glass, or through the lens of like mistakes and wrongs, or you can look at things as they all belong and they're all part of the formation of what I'm becoming. They're all part of the formation of what it is that I'm here to do. Mm, That's the intro episode of this whole series. It's not just the story. It's the story you tell yourself about the story. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the story about this story. 
that might need revisited because there's something in it that that is um, it, an invitation. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. But I really like that. It's framing. This is a decision that was wrong versus that was the decision at the time. It just was. And now I'm going to make other ones. And I don't know what the outcome will be. And I don't know what I'll feel afterwards. Because it's so easy to project on the front end, well, this is the right thing to do. And then to judge on the back end. Oh, yeah. This was, that was the wrong thing to do. Right. And how many times have we heard that story? Oh, my gosh. I thought this was the right thing to do. So I did it. And after I did it, I realized it was the wrong thing to do. Well, maybe it was the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Just because like, it didn't so, work doesn't right. mean it was wrong. The framing. Yeah. That's all framing. Yeah. It is. Very much And it's so. not really real. It's, yeah. It's just an interpretation, which, like, of course, there are situations that, yeah, I shouldn't have driven drunk and ran into this. You oh, know, like, yeah. Of course, there yeah. are decisions that are, yes. But most things in life. But not everything is. <laughs> no, not everything is. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is it can feel like that level of consequence for a type one. Sure. That the simplest decision can feel like it holds moral weight to it when that's not always the case. And so exploration, making mistakes, if you even can categorize them that, uh, is is a good thing. Which, again, I don't think you can categorize them as that. Yeah. Right. So what's in front of you now? And if you can make... Have that conversation with your past self. Mm. Express grace to your past self. And come back to this present moment. Drawing from the seven with joy, with optimism. Drawing from the four inside you with desire and hope and uh, passion. What's in front of you? What's the path inviting you to? And it's only one step. It's not 10 steps. It's not mapping out the plan, the future for your life. It's just what's the one step that's in front of you that you can take toward justice. And you're going to feel all the feels of, oh, this is hard. I'm going back to something that has a lot of hurt to it. I feel like something's been shut off. Yeah, all of that's going to be there. As you move forward, it will be there with you. And you'll find it start to slip away and starts to change and eventually holds no power over you. Yeah, that's good. And then return back to like what Carrie was saying at the beginning is in order to support that becoming, put yourself in environments where you go, I wouldn't change a thing. It just is beauty the way it is. And there is no work for me in this space. Nothing where I have to carry that sense of responsibility that I have to do something. Mm. Because sometimes that is the freedom, is coming back to the place of being like, but I don't have to do for life to thrive. It's not up to me, and it's not wrong that I don't do something, but it's wonderful when I get to participate in the creation of something that I can look back and say, it's good. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are subscribed. And if you leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps people find the show. If you'd like to bring this kind of emotional intelligence training into your organization to increase communication and empathy, reach out to us at theartofgrowth.org and we could have a conversation about what we're doing in other companies that's helping them in these very areas. We have some additional content on our Instagram, just called Art of Growth. 
which is really helpful. So go give us a follow over there. But for now, my friends, thank you so much for listening to this series. And I hope that this begins to give you some more tools on being a student of your own story, on better understanding why your mind held on to certain memories that it wants to use as your teachers. And if you need some help understanding some of that, putting it in context, you can reach out to us and set up a coaching session. Try it out and see if it would help you navigate some of your own story. But as we conclude, my friends, may you have an increased awareness and gratitude for your own evolution, your own growth process, the twists and turns through the sand and dust and snow that has formed the one before us. And may you honor that person's story. When you look in the mirror, when you see photos of your own journey, may you recognize and show gratitude toward your own journey, your own growth path that is still in the process of becoming. Grace and growth, my friends.